0: Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design Podcast. I'm your host Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who changed their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Today, I have the honor of speaking to Chris. Chris is a coach, author, and speaker, and she has recently published her book, Change Your Minds to Change Your Reality. I am excited to dive deeper into at least one or two topics of the book. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you?
1: Hi. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. And I just I love that I can have a conversation from California with someone in Greece. It's it's pretty amazing and that we can connect on such like minded uh, topics. So it's fun. Uh, so, yeah, I'm like you said, I'm a coach. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I, I launched my business uh, maybe four years ago now. And I recently published my book. And my journey getting here is, is a really interesting one. Do you want to, do you want to hear the whole background? Do you want the whole backstory?
0: Yes, please. How did you get there? (laughs) What made you start a business four years ago? And what made you write a book? I would be curious to hear.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go back even farther than that. I'm going to go back to, to early 2000s and give you my origin story because you know, I had a spiritual awakening in 2002. And my story, you know, I, I, I say, unfortunately, but it's also part of life. Um, unfortunately, my story started with my own trauma. And I think that's how a lot of people's story starts, who reinvent themselves, who have an awakening, who, who go through a big life change, right? Because it becomes that catalyst that they need to move. So when my story goes, when I was 12, I was sexually abused by a family member for four years. And I had this really big, tight-knit Italian family. Like, actually, if you've ever seen My Big Fat Grief Wedding, I love that movie. We were the Italian version of that. So when this extended family found out what happened, many of them disowned me. And I was left with all of these what I call low-vibration emotions like anger and guilt that, as a young adolescent, I didn't know how to cope with. You know, m- most adults don't know how to cope with those types of emotions. And so I went down this downward spiral. I was getting in trouble in school. I was doing drugs. I was self-harming. And I was just in a really dark place. And then my life completely changed when someone handed me a book. And I remember turning the pages and thinking, wow, something feels like the truth for once. You know, It expanded my idea about what life is, what reality is, what the universe is, what human consciousness is. And I like to say I was like a sleeper agent, right? Something inside of me just woke up. And when I finished that book, I started reaching for more. And I was just insatiable. I was devouring every metaphysical, spiritual, personal development, uh, psychology book I could get my hands on. And I started going to all these workshops and retreats. I found all these teachers to study under. And my life completely changed. You know, I, I didn't realize that I was doing all these healing modalities and doing this hard inner work. I just thought I was tapping into this hidden sacred knowledge and I was on this adventure, you know, but really I was healing myself. And the second half of my story goes that as my life began to change and get better, my mother's began to get worse. So her family had been ripped down the seams and she didn't have these healing modalities and books and teachers that I did. And it started to manifest as physical illness for her. She got some very serious illnesses. She got cancer, a bunch of others but she also got these really weird afflictions that her doctors couldn't even explain. And so they did what they do. They gave her pills and then they gave her pills for the side effects of those pills. And she was on a fentanyl patch for years. And she ended up sleeping for all but a few hours of daylight. She fell down all the time. She nodded off at the dinner table. She would forget conversations we had just did the day before. And that lasted almost 15 years. And I had this compounded guilt that i had destroyed my family and broken my mother but i like to believe that everything happens for a reason and in the end i realized my mother is my biggest teacher because for every step that i watched her go deeper into depression and illness and victimhood i climbed in the other direction out of that dark tunnel because i was witnessing what happens to a human body and spirit when they go down the path she chose and then I was seeing what was happening to my own body and spirit as I was changing my mind, right? About, again, about the nature of reality, about life, about possibilities. And I I completely changed my life. And that was over two decades ago now. And I decided I wanted to give back. So I launched my coaching company. I, I took a life coach training and then launched my coaching company, I wrote my book and now I'm I feel like I'm living my life purpose. I feel like this is why I'm on this planet to to help other people so they don't have to suffer for decades like I did.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for this introduction yeah. and thank you for your vulnerability. I think today you are in a position where you openly can speak about the journey. the Let's say that things that happened to you, you've been through. Let me take you. Back, you said it has been two decades. So let's go a little bit back in your journey. When you had that moment of, you say it was in 2002, your spiritual awakening. Would you like to take us a little bit through that awakening? How did this feel? How did it happen? How would you describe it today? Was it something that was crystal clear to you? Or was it something that you first needed to translate into a language you understand?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that question. Well, like I said, it it started when I started reading that book and what I love that that book did. And what I actually tried to do with my own book as well is it, it left a lot of breadcrumbs, you know, it, it Mm -hmm. gave all of these different possibilities and it referenced all these different scientists and all these different authors. And I do the same in my book. And what it did is it gave me a starting point for a million different topics. So, and I followed every single one of those trails, I went down like so, rabbit holes in every direction.
0: It opened up drawers, it was just like, a you know, yeah. drawer after drawer after drawer, and you were not afraid to open each of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that metaphor. It's funny, I say, I say it opened a bunch of doors in an unending hallway, but drawers is kind of cool too, because then you can like pull stuff out of the drawers, right? I love, I love that. That's a great visual. Yeah, and I just—it I, was exciting for me, and I, you know, to this day, by the way, I'm—I'm I'm such a book nerd. I'm still reading every book. I'm still studying under people because the learning and growth never ends, right? Um, it's just this constant journey of self, and you—you you get hooked on personal development. You do when you start to see the growth, and I'm sure you know this as a coach as well. It's just. you you achieve this thing. And then you're like, and what else? And what else can I do? And what else can I learn? And how else can I heal and expand and grow? And I really made this promise to myself back in that day that I would do everything I could to heal physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I would always prioritize my health. And I've, I've kept that promise to myself. And, and by the way, if you're listening, like, just because you might have had a spiritual awakening or you're more conscious doesn't mean life stops happening, right? Mm-hmm. Life keeps happening. There's still challenges. There's still adversities. But you go into it with such a different mindset because every, inside every tragedy, every heartbreak in life, there's a hidden Easter egg. And if you can find it, tremendous healing, leveling up, growth takes place. And I'm at the point now where when, when challenges come my way, I'm almost excited because I know on the other side of that is massive growth. So yeah, it just, it changed my perspective. Mm -hmm.
0: I see that, Chris. I truly see that. It's like, when you speak about that, you speak about personal development, like it almost gets addictive. In a very positive way. And I can tell that I was having a de- eating disorder. So that's one very bad addiction. I was a heavy smoker, which is also not a very pleasant addiction. But I think the addiction of personal development I have discovered has been pleasant, even if there was obstacles and challenges that you need to overcome, it has been pleasant most of the time, which I definitely don't want to miss in my life anymore. And I find it always quite interesting to see people who have never had an experience like you speak about I mean your story is very unique I would say it's very special and, and a lot happened. and we can only find those nuggets find those crystals find those gifts and presents in our problems obstacles in our life if we are able to see them Right. Totally. They will be only they will they will not come, you know, pop up and be like, hello, I heard you've got a problem. I am the solution, and your life is gonna be amazing if you believe in it. But you need to create an awareness of you know, wanting to see it or wanting to change the perspective. How was that for you? Did it come like something you would say that come naturally to you, or was it something that you felt resistant in the beginning?
1: Well. I love that question. And I just want to, I want to piggyback off something you said really quick is you always have a choice, right? When, when anything happens, you always have a choice. You can go deeper into unconsciousness. You can become bitter. You can fall into victimization. You can place blame on other people outside events, or you can choose to heal. You can choose to become more awakened, more conscious. You can choose to get better. You can choose to forgive. And those two choices are always available to you. And they they pave which which road you're going to travel in life. And for me, I think, you know, I think it took a long time to get to the point where I'm at. You know, this isn't I don't want to sugarcoat it and say this happened overnight because it didn't happen overnight. It was it was a long time and it was a long time before I can talk about all this and not feel triggered in any kind of way. Right. So I don't want anyone listening to think like. Oh, that's never gonna happen for me. like it's not like a switch because it, it didn't really work like that. But you know, I think I just kept choosing knowledge. And And like I said, for me, I wasn't, I mean, I was on this quest to heal. But at first, I was just tapping into this knowledge that was just fascinating to me. and this whole new world opened up. And I learned that you know we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and we are conscious creators. We are always creating our reality. Now, the problem is most people focus on what they don't want instead of what they do want. They focus on their fears, their doubts, their worries, their insecurities, their aches and pains. And that's what they're bringing more of into their life by focusing on that. Because our inner world creates our outer world. And again, you have a choice. You can look at the world and think it's a scary place. It's not safe. You have to be on the defense. You have to be ready to attack in case you're attacked. Or you can think from a place of ease and safety and abundance. And those two mindsets are going to lead you on two very different trajectories.
0: Thank you. Thank you for summarizing this. I I truly can see that. And I want to tap into the term safety, because Mm -hmm. as we spoke earlier, you mentioned that you had a successful six-figure paycheck career, but you decided to quit can you yeah. take us through that process a little bit? Because I believe that there are many out there, many people out there who are considering a career change, who are considering starting their own business. And I think safety is a term that plays a big role in many people's lives. So how did it feel leaving your, so, so to say, secure job?
1: Yeah. So I was working in marketing in the tech industry. I live in California, Bay Area, big tech industry. Mm -hmm. And I I I loved what I did. I was working for this startup. I loved it. And then that startup lost funding and I started working for another better funded startup that was owned by a corporation and they had like created this startup branch. And it was very, it still had that very corporate feel. And I just don't thrive in those kind of environments. And I started having panic attacks every night. And you know, I, I wasn't listening to my inner wisdom and I was kind of just ignoring the panic attacks. You know, I figure it's kind of a new job. I think I was only there like six months or something. And I because on paper, everything looked great. You know, like you said, I had six figures. I had a really short commute. It was like 15 minutes from my house. It was on the waterfront in Oakland. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen Star Wars, but the at at walkers were inspired by. George Lucas was inspired by these cranes in Oakland. And it's like, I had this beautiful view of the cranes and their sailboats. And, you know, it was everything on paper was great. And I was having these panic attacks. And at the same time, I was doing a yoga teacher training. You know, yoga had always been a hobby. I loved it. But I decided I wanted to do a teacher training more for myself. I didn't really have an interest in teaching. And what was happening is I was having these panic attacks Monday through Friday and then yoga teacher training would be Friday night through Sunday, and I I remember walking into teacher training and just feeling like at home, like I was I was where I was supposed to be. You know, there were like minded people. We got to talk about chakras and pran- pranayama and all these types of yoga, and it was just it it just felt so good, and it was just so vastly this vast contrast to my work week. And about halfway through training, I decided to. Quit my job. I wanted to, I decided I wanted to open a yoga studio or a wellness center or something where I would I could be helping people and giving back. Oh, wait, I forgot an important part. So this is the important part. I have a really good friend who's a functional medicine doctor. And I'm a big proponent of functional medicine. And he ran a bunch of tests on me. And he found out that I had Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroid disease. And to me, I realized that the universe had been kind of like tapping me with the panic attacks, like, hey, hey, you, hey, but I wasn't listening to the messages. So it took me by the shoulders and just like shook me with the Hashimoto's diagnosis. And I interpreted that as I wasn't on the path I was meant to be on. You know, I wasn't living out my life purpose. And so I listened. And so that was what made me that was the catalyst that made me really quit. And I took this leap of faith. And, you know, it was it was scary at first, but it also felt really right. And I I ended up after that training ended, I ended up getting trained right away to manage a studio. I ended up after that getting promoted to director. And then when that company closed during the pandemic, I opened my own yoga studio. So I have I also own a yoga studio called Unite by Yoga. We do outdoor and virtual classes. And we just started doing retreats too. So it, it all worked out in the end. But yeah, it was it was scary. And it was a leap of faith. But I think there's so much to be said about living your passion and living your purpose. And, you know, there's, there's all these questions like, what if, right. But I think it's scarier to ask, what if you don't, you know, you don't want to be a hundred on your deathbed, like scared, regretting that you didn't follow your dreams because other people's opinions or because you couldn't see around a way around the money issue at a time because things have a way of falling into place. And I I think it's also worth saying that I've heard a statistic recently that 90% of people don't achieve their goals. And that is for two reasons. Either one, they get started and it doesn't work out right away and they just give up and get frustrated. Or two, they are so fearful to begin with that they don't even get started in the first place. So yeah, I I say just put yourself out there. And, absolutely
0: uh, all your dreams yeah yeah absolutely thank you for for sharing this and you said it was a scary part and I think this is we all will feel that I am a little bit extreme I am a big risk taker I am sure. not saying that everybody needs to do it like me because when I went off my co- corporate job and um, I had that okay now feeling I'm gonna jump now I jumped straight away into the unknown. I quit my job and I had nothing the next day. And I did that twice in my life. So I'm also not teaching that because I think um, it felt good for me at that time, but I can imagine that sometimes it's just not you know ideal for everybody. But no matter how, no matter how we start, whatever whatever we want to be doing, it will be scary. Because we are like, yeah, entering the unknown, we will not know it. Yet you mentioned you had a feeling of satisfaction and it felt right. So, Chris, how can we, you know, the make the difference between this, on one hand, scary moment and the unknown, and at the same time, feeling such a pleasant feeling of being on the right path? How can we make it a difference? because i know in reality we will follow that, the devil's voice and not the angel's voice who said hey this is good mm. how can we make here the difference and how can we like how can we know what to listen to
1: i love that you said you're a risk taker and i love that question too because you have to get outside of your comfort zone in order to have something you've never had before you have to do something you've never done before and outside of your comfort zone is where growth happens. You know, you might have heard that quote the comfort zone is where dreams go to die. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's scary, but you do it afraid. If you're anxious, you do it anxious. Like you you summon up that courage and you do it. Actually, it reminds me of this really good quote. Do you mind if I read it? I'm trying to, I was trying to find it on my phone. It's uh it's actually by Terrence McKenna. <laughs> oh, here. It's it just like sums it up perfectly. Okay. So it's Terrence McKenna. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold. This is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done. By hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. And I, I just get goosebumps every time I read that. I have them right now because it's so true. You put yourself out there and you're going to land on your feet. You know, mm-hmm. the, when you when you take steps towards your dreams, towards the life of your dreams, the universe will put the right people on your path to help you. Tools will appear to, better tools than you have now will appear to help you. Doors will appear that weren't even there and unlock. Like this is this is how you, this this is everything. This is why we're here to have human experiences and to learn and to grow. You know, you don't want to just become stagnant because if you're doing the same thing every day, you're having the same thoughts, the same emotions, the same habits, the same actions, you might live for 20 more years. But you're living the same year twenty more times, like nothing's changing, and that's not why you have this life, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Get that first thing. I would love to have this quote of yours. I would love to put it in the show notes and read it. I think another hundred thousand times because it's yes. amazing. Thank you for bringing this into this show. I I really I really felt that, and I get those goosebumps too. And secondly it is the truth. It is the truth that you got to leave your comfort zone and enter the unknown. And just, you know, many people don't believe that these things, like going out of your comfort zone can be somewhat pleasant. And if, you know, and I speak to my people and I would say, you know what, you're going to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the way I learned it is that I, by now, am enjoying it, right? So if something gets really, you know, uncomfortable and you feel it in your stomach, you get this sometimes even blurry vision, right? If you enter really mm-hmm. a phase of your life where you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Or uh, you have to go on this Instagram live for the first time, or you have to record a podcast, or you got invited on stage, whatever it is, and you feel this discomfort. It's just once you learn to put that emotion into something positive, something that you know that on the other side, there is something waiting for you that is such a big reward. And I think this goes for everything in life, no matter if it's um, business, a speech you give, right? Or a new relationship, a travel perhaps, right? So knowing that this discomfort is something supernatural, that everybody feels it, that we can go through that and actually not just, you know, walking through and push through, but actually walk with our heads up and somewhat enjoy it. I think once we learn that we have discovered really the true magic in, you know, you know, getting out of the comfort zone, so to say, if you want to use those terms, right? And you have written in your book many, many cool topics, but I would like to dive into one, Chris, you said, um, you're writing about how the ego, um, plays a part in not living our best life. Would you like to elaborate on that?
1: Yes. Can I also just really quickly add on to what you said, because, you know, here's the thing, like when you're, I, I like that you brought up that like, if you're about to give a speech or you're about to do something that you've never done before, and you're having that kind of panicky feeling, Here's the thing, excitement and anxiety are the same emotion. It's just how you interpret them. So you can use that energy to amp you up, or you can use it to break you down. And that discomfort, this is, this is how I like to think about it. It's just a different perspective. That discomfort you're feeling is your body getting you ready to perform. So mm-hmm. when you're feeling that panic, it's, it, it's like your more oxygen and blood goes to your brain, which is going to help you make think quickly on your feet, right? your your eyesight gets better and it, it helps you just be in the present moment all of your senses heighten, right your muscles get ready to go and it's that fight flight or free sensation that's really happening but it's also going to help you perform in that moment so that's just like a little shift that i like to think about before i do something scary if i'm getting those jitters right
0: um I like that. thank you
1: <laughs> yeah yeah totally so yeah the ego so I like to. So, I I heard recently uh, someone refer to the ego as Earth Guide only, and I really like that. So, the ego, I like to think of it as the software program that comes with being human. You know, we, we decide when we incarnate, it's kind of like getting dropped into this video game world where we get to choose our avatar, we get to assemble optimal health, we get to, you know, create our dream career. It's like you're being in the, you're in The Sims or something, right? And the, you know, when, when something like hurts the real, when, when you're playing a video game and something hurts your character, the real you doesn't get affected. And it's kind of the same in, in life, right? Like when something hurts you here, your higher self, your true self doesn't get hurt by that. So the ego is the software program. So we have this body, this avatar that we use to move around life. And the ego is the software program that thinks you are your body right it doesn't know that you are this big vast spiritual being having this human experience it thinks everything that it sees with its five senses is real life and so when you think of yourself as a body only you're very fragile you can walk into a movie theater and there can be a gunman there right you can you can be outside and there can be a natural disaster right we were just talking about wildfires and and hurricanes before we press record you know parking garages can be scary you know anything so anything can threaten you and just wipe you out of existence in the blink of an eye when you believe that you're your body only so the ego thinks of of you like this and so it tries to keep you safe and it keeps you safe by trying to keep you stuck in your comfort zone of playing small because it thinks if you go outside of your comfort zone, it's a dangerous world out there. But it doesn't know that, like we've been talking about, that outside of your comfort zone is where growth happens. And so the ego runs on programs like fear and doubt and worry and insecurity and judgment. It places blame on others. It sees things in black and white. It it thinks, you know... You can't get more without someone else getting less. It sees lack, it sees competition. But the ego, again, it doesn't understand that there is this bigger picture there, right? That there is so much more to you. And by the way, I don't want anyone to hate their ego. The ego isn't inherently bad. Like the ego is great. If there's oncoming traffic, the ego is going to make you step out of the street. Mm-hmm. right? It's that instinct. So the I like has- you're
0: saying that because I think what, at least what I feel when I hear the word ego on its own, it's usually something I do have a negative connection to that, to the yeah. ego, right? So I love that you're saying that, that we cannot with, but we definitely cannot without, but it's something protective.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And, um, the man who wrote the book that completely changed my life and led to the spiritual awakening I had, Drunville and Melchizedek, he says life is perfect, whole, and complete, lacking nothing. Like you are perfect, right? There is no part of you that's broken. There is nothing wrong with you. You are you are whole and worthy as you are, and the ego is part of that. But it's like it's like you wouldn't hand a child you wouldn't put a child in the steering in the driver's seat of a car and just like let him take over the steering wheel right like the ego doesn't need to take the steering wheel because the ego has a role and it doesn't know how to it does its role really well but it doesn't know how to navigate outside of its role so we keep it in the role and then you know the more vertical higher aspect of you takes the steering wheel takes the driver's seat But unfortunately, so many people identify with the ego because they believe that's who they are. So that's where the issue is. But there's nothing inherently wrong with it.
0: Mm -hmm. How can we solve that issue? Do you have a quick advice for us? Like if somebody finds themselves right now, like, oh, my God, I am that person. Guys, which is nothing wrong with. I think we all had to learn it to listen to those voices in our head and the voices around us but if you somebody finds themselves in this situation right now be like chris how can i right now stop listening to this ego
1: yeah it's a great question i think the first part is to notice what you're noticing like start paying attention to the thoughts you're thinking because if you're thinking thoughts based on lack or fear or or doubt, or judgment, or comparing yourself to someone else, or jealousy, that's a really good sign that you're you're running that ego program. And mm-hmm. here's the thing, this is the work that I do, because 95% of what happens in our subconscious mind, we're, we're ruled by this subconscious programming. So it's like this computer program that just runs in the background. And most of that happens before the age of seven. You know, it's the opinions of the adults you grew up around, cultural conditioning, that teacher who said, oh, you're not very good at math or, oh, you're a good singer or whatever it was. This becomes your inner voice, your inner lens, the belief system that you form. Because when you're a child, you're just downloading, you're programmable, right? You're in theta brainwave state, which is hypnosis Mm -hmm. until you're seven. So. You know, if you don't take the time to undo that conditioning, to unlearn a lot of these beliefs, to really shift your perspective, this unconscious programming is going to be running 95% of your day. Mm -hmm. So you can be doing all the right things. You can have a vision board. You can be journaling. You can try and think positive, all this stuff. But you're going to be sabotaging yourself 95% of the day unless you do the work to undo that programming. And that's a lot of what I teach in my book and in my program. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Lovely, thank you. So the we would say the first step is definitely to realize that this is happening and to acknowledge it and rather than push it away and go into the space of numbness and pretending it never happened.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Because you know, we don't we don't want to repress anything. Right? Um that's another really important aspect of the work. Because all these things, so what I what I really teach is. Is shifting your perspective about every aspect of life. Because mm-hmm. I, I I help people get really clear on their vision to create the life of their dreams and then to navigate that gap between where they are now and that dream life. But equally, I also help people remove the blocks that are keeping them from manifesting that life. So that's things like unconscious programming, your belief system, repressed emotions is a big one, holding on to grudges, not forgiving people. So we definitely don't want to we don't want to repress anything. I'm glad you called that out.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for summing it up. I have not the last but the almost last question for you, Chris. <laughs> what do people misunderstand the most about you?
1: About me? That's a really interesting question. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to think about that misunderstand the most I guess I guess kind of what I was saying earlier that you know I think it's easy to hear what I'm saying and think okay there's there's not a lot of empathy for the journey there's not a lot of compassion for the journey because I think people tend to get defensive Mm -hmm. when they hear when they hear a couple things one when they can when they hear me talk about how everything that I went through happened for a reason and that I'm happy that it happened. I wouldn't change anything because it was what had to happen on my journey. I think that makes people really defensive. And I also think that people can get really defensive when they hear that you create your own reality, but rather than get defensive, I, I, I hope that it can empower people, you know, because there are so many possible realities that can exist and you can call any one of them into being but it takes taking responsibility. And I guess that's, that's a big message that I have is, you know, the things that happen to you are not your fault, but your healing and your future are, and your present are your responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I really encourage people to not be in victim mode, to not place blame on other people. And I think that can rub a lot of people the wrong way. But I think it's also what a lot of people need to hear. And I think it's what, especially right now on our planet, I think what it's not that it's not the trending message, right? There's a lot of people who uh, celebrate victimhood right now. And I speak out against that. So I think that can be a little, cause a little bit of friction
0: sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I see that definitely. And I agree with you that people get defensive, I mean, for a long, long time, I think we need to be reminded many times till we have this aha moment to say like, okay, but now it's time to do something about it. And until then, we will be, you know, judgmental, we will be judging people's opinions, we will be telling, you know, we will not understand how somebody can speak openly about abuse, because This is a topic that still likes to be, you know, covered, not spoken about. And if somebody speaks openly, let's say now even in public about it, it can feel for so many people be like, oh my God, who does she think she is? I, I get that, but I am truly thankful that people like you exist who are not putting stuff under the carpet and say what needs to be said because... Um, only this way we have a chance to take an example, to get inspired, or, you know, at least to see or hear a different perspective, no matter if this is then, you know, if this becomes our path or not, but I think it just opens up minds and opens up eyes and just gives, hopefully, people a different perspective in life.
1: Yeah, and I think I think for anyone who's listening that, you know, has a message to share and they're scared about other people's opinions, they're scared about the Internet trolls, like, you know, I would just say you know, first of all, you're not, not everyone's going to resonate with you, right? Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to even say nice things about you. Um, but you can't be driven by other people's opinions. You know, 500 people are going to have 500 opinions. Like you can't let yourself be swayed in all these directions. Follow your heart. It's your own North star, but also never underestimate the power of planting seeds. You know, mm-hmm. just because someone is having this explosive reaction or this defensive reaction to what you're saying now doesn't mean that that seed's not in there and that it it might eventually grow to fruition. And sometimes sometimes those Internet trolls can become your biggest fans if you can actually like, you know, if if they're willing to have a conversation about it. So, you know, mm-hmm. don't let that deter you. I liked it, especially
0: in our online world. I think this is a great nugget to take away. Thank you. And I would love to know, Chris, where can we find you and where can we get your book?
1: Thank you for asking. So I am all over the internet. Change Your Mind with Chris is my handle. It's Chris is spelled with a K. So it's uh, I'm on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I have a podcast called Change Your Mind with Chris Ashley. Um, I'm on Facebook. Chris Ashley.net is my website. And again, my book is Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality. You can get it in paperback, audiobook, ebook. It's on Amazon, Google Books, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble if you're in the US. Um, but I do have a special gift. So if, and hopefully you can put this in the show notes too, this URL.
0: I will definitely.
1: <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you. So if you go to Change Your Mind to Change Your order book and you purchase my book through that URL, you can get the course that goes hand in hand with it for free. So that's just a little gift for listeners today.
0: This is really, really cool. I will make a promotion for that because I think it's a very valuable course. I really appreciate you giving this away to us just like that. Yeah, thank
1: Thank you. you. I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for your wisdom and being being vulnerable for us, Chris. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
1: It's been so much fun. Thank you for the work that you do too. It's really important.
0: Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms, and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edit.